Welcome to this week's podcast from Reality Christian Fellowship. We pray this message will equip and inspire you to love God, love one another, and love our community. For more information or to find out what's happening at Reality, check out our website at realitychurch.org.au or check us out on Facebook. We hope you enjoy this message. So today, Beck and I uh, have the honour of um, sharing a message with you and um, we've been uh, unpacking uh, Matthew as a church uh, for, I don't know how long, a while, a while, eight months maybe, something like that. And um, it's been been a journey. Well, this is, even though it, we're talking uh, Matthew 28 today, which is the last um, chapter in the book of Matthew, uh, we are, we've still got a couple that we've skipped over that we're going to because I think it's appropriate that we... So that we, we talk about the resurrection on Resurrection Sunday um, and then we'll go back because there's a heap of teaching uh, in 26, uh, 25, 26, 27 that we haven't quite got yet. Um, so that's going to be awesome to go over that and probably by the end of April we would have finished uh, Matthew and then it's like, hmm, what's next? What's God got in store for us? Um, and, and as a church, we are uh, living the relational kingdom is our vision for this year. So we've, we've got things on, on um, that, and preaching and teaching that we'll be talking about family and connection and what it means to live the relational kingdom uh, together as a community. Um, we're going to do some marriage retreats and some different things like that, which is just going to be awesome. So that will be worked in there. But then we're like, what is what is the next book? What is it? Is it going to be a big book, short book? You know, what are we going to unpack? What is the Lord going to share with us? Um, and it's been beautiful as we've been unpacking Matthew, looking at it right from the start through to the finish. Uh, you just get to see uh, really the heart behind Matthew and why it is written and, and where it is going. So. And when you're working through a book like that too, you can't skip over the uncomfortable parts. So we've had to tackle some, um, yeah, some of those ones that you might go, oh, yeah, we'll do that next month or something and then forget about it. Uh, so that's been really good and I think that's been a growing time. Are you happy on that side? I feel a bit weird. I feel like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't know why. A good, <laughs> a good husband does what they're told. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure how much you do what you're told. So. No, I don't. So, I never said I was a good husband. Yeah. Well, I kind of did. Um, it was the one that you were using for the readings on Good Friday. Sorry. There we go. Awesome. Hallelujah. Very cool. So today we wanted to... Um, just unpack Matthew 28. So if you have your Bibles, whether it's on your phone or whether you have a paper uh, version, I know they're becoming a lot more rare, um, but um, you feel free to, to grab that out. And we are going to read through Matthew uh, 28 together, and then we're going to unpack it in more of a, more of a conversation, uh, more of a relaxed way. Normally, it would just be one person sharing, but today... Um, Beck was greedy and wanted to, no, not really, not at all, not at all. We really wanted to do something together. So, um, so anyway, so it's more of a conversation, more of a, um, the things that God has revealed and placed on our hearts. Uh, so before we read it, let's just pray and commit this time to God. Lord, I just thank you for your word. 
I thank you that it is truth and that it is light. I just thank you that it um, is the revelation of who you are, Lord, for you are the word, Jesus. And I just pray that as we, as we read today, as we feast and consume on the words that bring life, Lord, I just pray that you would impact our hearts, um, just bring to light what it is that you want us to, to understand and to hear because you are our shepherd, as Robert, Rob shared earlier, that, um, so that as you speak to us, um, just we, we can never take in a whole message or absolutely everything that we share and everything that we read, but we just pray that for whatever it is that you want to share with us, Lord, that it would just make a deep impact in our hearts and that, it would, that revelation would lead to transformation in everybody here today. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> I think you can read it. If you can't tell, I'm getting over a cold. So <laughs> probably hear it in my voice. So I'll probably get you to read the scripture. Sure, I can do that. <laughs> i got to save my voice as much as I can. Yeah, awesome. So Matthew 28, verse 1. After the Sabbath at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not there. He is risen. Just as he said, Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He is risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women, woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to, his, to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are, uh, you are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were sleeping. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. A lot of content to um, sort of go over and a lot of information to read there. And so we're just going to take turns in just sort of breaking down um, some of the, the, uh, the passage here. So in verse 2 it says there was a violent earthquake and an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and um, it said that the, the, rolled the stone back and then he sat on it. Um, his appearance was like lightning and his clothes were as white as snow. So, the, so the, there was a violent earthquake. There was a shaking in the earth. It was something that everyone would have felt, the violent earthquake. It was only a couple of days earlier that there was another earthquake when Jesus had gave, given up his last breath. There was also an earthquake. And what is quite remarkable to, to me in this in this part of um, the the earthquake here is that it is sort of happened and that the rocks shook, the rocks split open, the veil was torn. There was such a powerful natural occurrence that was um, brought from, from heaven to earth. It was a supernatural occurrence that could be felt here on earth to the point that the guards on Resurrection Friday, they were so fearful, they were so, um, they said this must be God. You know, this must be God. Um, it just absolutely um, blows my mind in the power that must have been felt um, at that time of with, with the earthquake. But if we read here with the angel, he says that the angel rolled back the stone and he sat on it. Now, when I'm sitting down, I'm sort of more relaxed or it's, I've finished the job. You know, that's, that's what this angel was doing. Like if you think about the disciples, when Jesus was arrested, they scattered everywhere. They ran. There was the, the guards were standing still. They were dead in everything that they saw. They were overcome. But Mary and Mary... They were able to, um, they were able to be afraid, but still yet so full of joy. And why was that? Because they know God. They know God, so they were able to stand firm in that. And the um, stone being rolled away. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever picked up on it before, but the stone isn't rolled away to let Jesus out. Mm. Jesus is already out. Remember, there's other scenes, Jesus walking through walls and stuff. The stone didn't need to be rolled away to let him out. The angel has rolled away the stone to let um, the disciples in, to let Mary and Mary in, and to verify that this is actually what took place. Jesus is no longer there. And um, and this is a, something that actually, actually took place. And um, moving on, 
Everyone re- reacts in fear to the angel, like Rob said. Mm-hmm. The guards are fearful, Mary and Mary, Mary are fearful, but there's a contrast between the fear and there's an irony that can't be missed because the guards that are there to guard the dead are the ones that now appear dead themselves. And the one that was dead is now living. Mm-hmm. Um, and Roman guards, they, they were trained never to fall down. And they were more than able to um, stand against anyone that was coming to rob the tomb. Anyone but God himself. Um, and <laughs> there's so many, so many proofs as to why this story is real. The resurrection actually took place. Um, and one of them, interestingly, is that the mention of the women. At that time, woman's testimony in a court was not admissible. It wasn't worth anything. And yet here we have women, the first witnesses and also the first ones commissioned to go and tell the disciples that Jesus is alive. And that's really it's quite powerful. It's powerful stuff anyway, but in that time, even just so much more that they were given that task. It's just such a shame that over, over the history of the church that people have missed how Jesus has empowered women and have used the Bible to oppress them instead. Quite heartbreaking. 1 Corinthians 15, 12 to 15. I like it in the message. It says, Now let me ask you something profound yet troubling. If you became believers because you trusted the proclamation that Christ is alive, risen from the dead, how can you let people say that there is no such thing as a resurrection? If there's no resurrection, there's no living Christ. And face it, if there's no resurrection for Christ, everything we've told you is smoke and mirrors. And everything you've staked your life on is smoke and mirrors. Not only that, but we would be guilty of telling a string of barefaced lies about God. All these affidavits we passed on to you verifying that God raised up Christ. Sheer fabrications, if there's no resurrection. And of course there was. The resurrection is the key. And I pray we get a new sense of awe and wonder of it all today. In verse 8 to 10, it says, So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell the disciples. And as I was doing that, Jesus suddenly appeared to them. Jesus suddenly. I remember preaching a while ago about the suddenlies of God, how we have turning points and, and God just turns up suddenly and there's a time where things just change and things just move. And um, and our our vision last year was turning points. You know, it was homecoming with turning points. And I know numerous people had had turning points, and you're still having turning points. We should always be having turning points that point us back to God and point us where God is taking us and journeying with us. But so they, so the Mary and Mary, they were afraid, but yet they were so filled uh, filled with joy, and that is just so beautiful. And that is a difference between knowing God and not knowing God. Um, And going to tell my brothers. So this is what Jesus says, go and tell my brothers. He didn't say, go and tell my deserters that I have risen from the dead. He said, go and tell my brothers. So it speaks of Jesus' heart of forgiveness and love towards them. 
because he knew that they were going to fall asleep in the garden. He knew that they were going to run away um, and be scattered. He knew. And the whole time Jesus was in control, even though it looked like to the world that he wasn't, he was. So it's just acceptance and forgiveness. Yeah, I just love that. And that's the same for us today, how applicable. So often that we we think somehow because we've been unfaithful, we've let God down, that um, we somehow have to earn our way back into, um, into relationship with him. But he's there calling us, come, my child, come, my brother, sister, come and be with me. Amen. So, sorry? First uh, Corinthians 15. 12 to 15. So the next section, we have the guards going straight to the chief priests with the news of, that Jesus was missing. And they're fearing for their lives, and rightfully so, because they've failed at their post, which means they're going to be executed. But the chief priests offer them a bribe. If you tell this false story, we'll not only give you money, but we'll make sure to keep you, that you get to keep your life. So the guards had a choice. They had a choice to be honourable, to tell the truth and to put their own life on the line. Or take the bribe, tell the lies and save their own lives. Self-preservation. Matthew sixteen twenty five says, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. And in the message, um, just taking that out a bit wider from 24 to 26 of chapter 16. Then Jesus went to work on his disciples. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way. My way to finding yourself, your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? What could you ever trade your soul for? Whatever we face in life, we have a choice. We can choose self-preservation, avoidance of pain, avoidance of inconvenience. Or we can lay down our lives as Jesus demonstrates and as the disciples will also go in and do in their own lives. That's right. We're all called to lay down our lives for Jesus. In verses 16 to 20, at the end there, it talks about, um, then Jesus came and said to the disciples, so this must be important, this is one of the first things that that Jesus says uh, to them. He says, all authority... All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority. There's nothing that can conquer the conqueror. So we stand here today victorious, knowing that he is in control from the beginning to the end. All authority was given to Jesus on that day at that time. And what does Jesus' authority look like? Well, he shows us before uh, the Last Supper. In John's account, he takes off his clothes and puts a towel around him and he washes the feet of the disciples. And then he tells them to go and do that. 
That is what kingdom authority looks like. It is not an authority that oppresses us and pushes us down. Or, I'm the pastor, you have to say and do this or do be that or whatever. No, Jesus is the ultimate authority. I'm just another servant, just like you. And we all come under the authority of Christ. And he is perfect and he is beautiful and he is He's so loving and kind. And if you don't know him like that, then I may say you do not know him very well. Because that is who he is and that is who he continues to be for me. Every day. Every day. So it looks like serving. You want to become the greatest? Then serve. Lay your life down just as Christ laid his life down for us. No, no, sorry. sorry. Yeah, yeah. The next part that he says, after I've given you all authority, he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything I have commanded you. So he tells us, he says, I have done this so that we can get the ball rolling now, and you can go and tell everyone about the good news that I'm alive, that that I have authority over everything. And now the church was like the, yes, the church was birthed in Acts, but Jesus, everything Jesus did just pushed that right towards what God's heart was. Go to every nation, not just for the Jews, but for everybody, so that they could know him, that the world could be reconciled to him. And that um, all nations is something that I think has been missed also. And if you look at the day of Pentecost and the spirit falls and, and the disciples are talking in all the different languages represented there. Someone said the other day, and it's never occurred to me, he could have been speaking Greek and they would have, or Aramaic and they would have understood what he was saying. Because they were in that city and they knew how to speak that language. But there was a point being made that this is a multi-ethnic multi-generational, multi, uh, you know, for men and women, everybody. This is for a message for everybody throughout the whole earth, this movement. That's right. So. It wasn't just for, for men and for the people placed in authority. It was for That's everyone. Right. Absolutely. And there's another scripture that you shared uh, last week in Revelation and every nation on earth is represented there when they're holding the, the palm, the palm branches. branches there. Yeah. And so... I think, and it's not about uniformity as all being the same, but it's celebrating in that diversity as well. Yeah. Love Jesus. That's right. <laughs> He's got it worked out. We've just got to learn it. <laughs> the last the last part of at verse 20 there, he says, um, I will be with you always. He says, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And that is something so significant is that he is with us. Always. He never leaves us. Whenever we feel alone, whenever we feel um, whatever is going on in our life, he is always with us. We may not feel him, we may not see him, but he is always with us. I assure you of that.
And sometimes we may not feel or see him in the way we expect to. Because he's saying this to his disciples, I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. And ten of them, so um, most of them except John, were actually going to be martyred. That's right. On behalf of Jesus. And he was going to be with them through all of that. Without the resurrection, we see that if there was just the crucifixion, we would see the death of a good moral teacher maybe, or a revolutionary, at the very least an innocent man. In light of the resurrection, everything suddenly appeared different. The disciples would have gone back over everything Jesus said and did. And I can imagine the penny drop moments like, oh... That's what he meant when he said that. Or, oh, that's what that was about. Especially as the Spirit allowed them to, um, to reflect on those things. From the resurrection, Jesus shows us, you know when it looked like I, I was losing? You know when it looked like everything was lost and you were discouraged and, and you couldn't see the hope ahead and that the enemy had overcome? That was actually my victory. Mm. And that is the life he is calling us to also, to take up our cross, to take up, to take up our towel. Death is inevitable, whether it be the loss of lives or smaller deaths that happen like loss, broken dreams, disappointments, ill health. They can either, uh, we can either, they can either just stick or suck, sorry, they can just suck, or through Jesus, all these deaths can be seed that can lead to life. So every hardship, trauma, everything that we go through can be used for life. It is not wasted. So through Jesus and his resurrection, nothing means nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like everything can mean something. It can't be just something that we survive and endure to finally just get the victory. And the victory is the only thing that means anything. He's with us through the suffering. And as we go through suffering, we are walking the path that he walked. And he is with us. There's a quote from a guy called George Herbert. Death used to be an executioner. Now, because of the resurrection, he is just a gardener. Death has lost its sting whether it be the big deaths or all the small deaths that we experience, they can all mean something as we allow Jesus to bring resurrection life through all things, all things through Christ. Through the death and resurrection of Jesus, we receive life and life abundantly. Years ago, I just was reflecting on this this morning and God brought me back to this moment And we were going through a particularly difficult season when we were leading a youth group and we were coming up against so much opposition, so much discouragement. And I remember saying, all I want to do is just have a two-year-old tantrum on the floor. That's how I feel right now. But I was driving along in the car and I just yelled (laughs) at the devil and I'm like, bring it on, you know. I made a commitment in that moment to say, no matter the road ahead, I'm walking it with Christ. We're going to do this. Whatever opposition comes with him, we can face any of it. And you know that that season was one of the biggest growth seasons of our entire life. And I honestly couldn't even tell you what it was that was so hard that we were facing. I just remember it was hard. 
because what I really remember is the fruit that came from there and the life that came from that. The resurrection is real, and how do we know? Because it was verifiable. The stone was rolled away, and the empty tomb was seen. There were, we read in Matthew 27, that when the first earthquake happened, that the tombs were opened, and then on the resurrection, the old, some of the Old Testament saints were walking around talking. There were so many things that happened. And also, too, there is no other explanation for the spread of Christianity, especially in those first few centuries. There has been no other movement that has happened so rapidly and so significantly in the history of the world than this, without military force or might. This was a movement of people laying their lives down, of serving they used to have, um, during that time, they would just abandon unwanted babies all the time, like that culture, whether they were disabled. A lot of girls, they just didn't want girls, just got abandoned. And the early church would just go out and gather them up and bring them home and care for them as their own children. That's the kind of thing that was happening that caused Christianity to spread. And it wasn't just a, a Christianity that's a ticket to get into heaven. No. It's, a, it's a, a Christianity that shakes your life to the core, to the point of, why don't you come and follow me because we could die for our faith? Yes, and that's what they did, and they died very well. They died with joy. They died with gladness because they were following in the footsteps of their Saviour who had first died for them. And I know people go, oh, I, I, I don't think I could do that. Like, that's so scary. But you don't have to do it today. We've got to trust that whatever God calls us through, he gives us the gift for that. You don't need the gift of martyrdom today. We haven't got someone telling us to deny Jesus or they're going to shoot us or hang us or something. That's not the gift we need today. So how about we pray for the gifts that we need to face what we face today and trust that God will give those to us, whether it's the gift of boldness or the gift of courage or the gift of service. Imagine that. (laughs) Let's line up for that one. That's right. And so on the blood of the martyrs, Christianity just grew and grew because there was something different about them. Yes. There was something different. They were at peace. They had joy and they had love regardless of what was going to happen to them. Mm. Yeah, there's a quote from Tertullian. Here's a guy in the... um, second and third century he lived he said the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church because there was no there was no other explanation for the way that they willingly gave their lives and you don't give the resurrection is real that's right you don't give your life for something that's made up but if you know that you know then you'll be sold out and give everything that you have So just in conclusion, like the earthquakes that took place in Matthew 27 and 28, I pray that all our lives be shaken to the core with the reality and the power of what uh, actually took place on that day 2,000 years ago. Without Christ's resurrection, Christianity would be like every other religion. 
Let us be calm and be at peace, knowing that Father God has all things in hand. Let us not be like the disciples, scattered, or like the guards in fear. Let's be full of joy. Still fearing God in a, in a way like they a did. A healthy awe. A healthy awe. To know that the curtain was torn from top to bottom so that we could be in perfect relationship with him. There's nothing stopping us from being in relationship with God now that he is has done everything for us. Jesus was bringing liberation to women and allowed them to be, bear witness and when that against went against the culture and the values of the time and to every tribe and tongue. The resurrection is key. Matthew 16:25 for whoever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for me will find it. I pray for God for the courage to walk faithfully through the road that is set before us. And just let this resurrection be um, the faith and the encouragement that you need to go out and make disciples. It's not here to meet every Sunday or to just tick a box. It is to be a life fully lived with God in us, working through us and out of us. And I've just been so encouraged in conversations with people who have been stepping out of their comfort zone and praying with people in the Aldi car park and down at the plaza, just in natural conversation, just offering to talk with them and to share a kind word and offering to pray. And that just builds my faith. It just is so my heart and it is just so exciting to do and I encourage you to do that. Because people don't know what they don't know and they won't know unless we go and tell them. And so if it was important for Jesus to say after he'd just been risen from the dead, then I think we should probably take notice and know that all authority has been given to him. He knows from the beginning to the end and we get to be an exciting part of that journey. We get to be a part of that and align ourselves with the creator of heaven and earth. We get to be a part of that. And that is so awesome. And that is so good. So when you see family today or tomorrow, share the good news with them. I encourage you. I dare you to be courageous. Yeah. Lord, I just thank you so much for today. I thank you that we can, on this day, this Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, we can just be um, transformed and filled with the truth of your glory and your love and your light, that you save, Lord. You bring hope to the hopeless, Lord. You bring freedom to the captives. And that your, your gospel, your good news is for every tribe, nation and tongue. It is not an authority that is over and oppressing, but it is an authority that picks people up, that builds people up, and that helps us grow up to be more like you, Jesus. And so I just pray this Resurrection Sunday, a blessing over everybody here. I pray your love, your peace, your joy, your power would flow through everybody here. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. 
We pray it challenged and encouraged you to keep growing in your walk with God. For more information and to find out what's happening at Reality, check out our website, realitychurch.org.au or find us on Facebook. Facebook.